Welcome to Get Your Head Back in the Game. This is a podcast about the amazing human spirit to overcome setbacks and stories to inspire you to get your head back in the game. My name is Melissa Ross. I am a mother, a wife, a sibling, a former professional cyclist, a cycling coach, and a serial entrepreneur. I am a traumatic brain injury warrior. I have lost everything and have fought my way back step by step. And I invite you to do the same. So get ready to join me for this wild ride. Hello and welcome to episode nine of Get Your Head Back in the Game. My name is Melissa Ross and I am here um, with the pleasure of speaking with Kieran McPherson. He is a professional off-road triathlete. He's won multiple world tour races, podiums on the Pan American Tour title, and currently he's actually sitting outside of top 10 in world rankings. He's at 12th uh, for Xterra. So um, Kieran is going to actually talk to us today about his comeback story. He had a traumatic mountain biking accident and fractured his spine in 2021. And so we're going to dive into his story of the accident and how he made a pretty amazing comeback. So thanks for joining me today, Kieran. Uh, yeah, it's good to be here. Um, I'll have to make sure that I speak a little bit slower so um, all of our American listeners can understand uh, what I'm saying. Um, I apologize in advance if you you don't understand me, but it's um, yeah, it's great great to be on. So thanks for having me. Um, do you want to kind of give us a little background on um, where you were in your racing career? before your accident in 2021 and then kind of put into perspective of how the accident happened and what, um, what you went through to recover from, um, your spine injury. Yeah, well, 2021 was a interesting year for most, um, I guess, professional athletes. Um, we've just come out of, of almost two years off. A lot of us have, have, um, lost sponsorships from, from COVID and so we're kind of just racing wherever and whenever we can. Um, we've got two years of really good training underneath us, but um, yeah, we're all just e- pretty eager to to race. So um, yeah, it must've been October, 2021. Um, I got invited to a race. Uh, yeah, it was the first year ever having this race in, um, in Italy. Uh, in Sardinia, which is uh, off the coast of Italy, uh, an island off the coast of Italy. Um, so I went over there. Um, they they paid for flights and accommodation, and so I thought it was a great opportunity. About six weeks out from World Champs to have a have another good, really good hit out. Um, considering I'd only raced a, a few times um, right. that, that year, so I went over there. Um, yeah, to race a bunch of Europeans who usually I'd only see um, at World Champs each year because we had a um, had our own tour over the side of the um, 
yeah, over the side of the world. So, yeah, I went over there with uh, no real ex- expectations and just um, for some good, good fun racing. And um, I had a really good swim. And early on on the bike, I could see the leaders up the first climb. And we come into a, um, it was like a limestone kind of descend. Um, and instead of, yeah, I come from a running background. So instead of waiting for the run and maybe trying to catch them then, I thought I'd take a few risks on this this descend. Um, yeah. It happened to be raining at the, at the same time. So it probably wasn't the, wasn't the smartest idea. But um, yeah, you, you live and you learn after the fact, I guess. <laughs> So what happened? Did you just, um, I mean, sl- did you slide out or yeah, the, go over the bars? I actually, yeah, I don't, I don't really remember much of the cra- uh, the crash. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I kind of remember coming to on the ground, um, and then obviously adrenaline's pumping through your body. So the first thing you do is get up and right. try try and get back on your bike again and um yeah I realized my knee was well there's blood pouring from my knee and um I couldn't I couldn't bend my knee so I got another probably yeah five probably 50 to 100 feet down the trail a little bit more um yeah kind of with only one leg clipped in because I couldn't bend my my other leg um and yeah just come to the side of the track and I was like oh what something's obviously not right here so where I happened to stop there was a um there was a a marshal there too so I kind of laid down at his feet and he threw my bike off the um off the edge of the track so the the people could keep racing right Um, and then he called it in and then yeah kind of the adrenaline started wearing off and um yeah I obviously knew something was a, a little bit further wrong than what I initially initially thought so um yeah, I ended up getting airlifted out, like winch, winch helicopter winched out of the um out of the scrub, oh, and wow. then taken to um Italian Italian hospital. So, <laughs> oh man, yeah. how long were you in the Italian hospital? Um, well, I had flights out, so that was the race was on Saturday, and I had flights out on Monday, I believe. So I stayed overnight yeah must have been overnight the first night and then I was um yeah I I'm not one for staying in hospital if I don't believe I need to be in hospital so they kind of like stitched me back together and said hey look you got a fractured spine we can't we're not going to operate on it because it's only one vertebra we'll put you in a back brace you can stay here and we can keep monitoring you but in my head I'm thinking I need to get out of this hospital and try and catch my flight yeah so I was I was dosed up on pain meds um I just discharged myself from hospital against everyone else's opinion um and then yeah got a ride back to the um to the air <laughs> to the uh, the race hotel and um they said yeah you're not allowed leaving um you're not allowed to fly unless you get clearance from our race doctor Oh wow! So I, I sat down and talked with a race doctor and he managed to get reports from the hospital and he said um you have severe swelling in your spinal cord if something happens while you're up in the airplane um 
over what is it the Atlantic Ocean then it's pretty much all over for you being able to walk again so um, that was probably the first time it kind of set set or sunk in that I was yeah it's probably a little bit more serious than I thought um, oh man so, yeah I wasn't gonna be able to catch my flight so um, the race directors were fantastic and they ended up putting me up in a um in another hotel just around the corner from where they lived and I had to stay there for three weeks um they'd feed me breakfast lunch and dinner from the hotel room um a doctor would come in and um give me penicillin jabs um because my yeah my knee was heavily infected and swollen um so yeah they they gave me a bunch of penicillin and and changed my bandages each day until I could get in for um, another CT scan um, to to see whether the spinal cord swelling had gone down. And then I was yeah finally got permission to fly. So I flew out um, yeah a few hours later from that CT scan. So oh wow, yeah. was your family just like worried and waiting on you to come yeah, home? Sorry yeah well my obviously my parents and stuff are back in New Zealand so um I I called my my dad rather than my mum because my dad's probably a little bit more level level headed and thought more practically but um yeah I said to both them and and my wife um there's no point coming over there's no point sitting beside our bed with me um just killing time um yeah. I'm getting fed and I'm getting bathed and I'm getting looked after so um yeah so there's no point coming rushing around the other side of the world um yeah if I needed if I needed help I'd find help over here and um yeah I'd just wait wait until I fly home I guess (laughs) (laughs) that sounds rough uh yeah it wasn't wasn't too bad it's not yeah it's like the hospitality of the race directors and the hotel and everything that made me um yeah made my life pretty easy so and then the doctor good. came in and gave me pain meds every day and yeah, cleaned my cleaned my wounds out and yeah, just made sure everything was all right. So were you were you able to walk around while you were or were you bedridden for three weeks? Um so that they said yeah, when I got my original diagnosis, I was supposed to be in bed for six to eight weeks. Um, which was a, a long time. I was in a I was in a back brace. Um yeah, fortunately, it wasn't a serious enough, um, yeah, serious enough fracture that, um, yeah, I say a serious enough spine fracture uh, to to have me not not being able to move. But um, I could move based on on levels of pain, really. So, oh, okay. Um, so that was that was fine. If it, if it hurt, I'd lie down and stay still. If it um, didn't, I was able to get up and go to the bathroom and, right. and go to yeah, use the shower and um yeah I think my my knee was probably as as sore as my my spine was so yeah how bad was your knee infection was it um well it was twice the size of my other knee um and it was they said there was no breaks in my knee but there were a lot of bone bruising which is yeah technically minor fractures so um and actually the rehab for my knee ended up taking a lot longer than the rehab for my for my spine so oh wow yeah yeah so when you came home did you then 
start rehab or were you able to do much? So, yeah, I think I arrived back in America. Um, I had to, I had to unfortunately fly business class home because I couldn't sit up um, for, for the 12 or 14 hour flight that it was from, um, I think I flew Germany direct back into Denver. So I was, yeah. um, I was laid up the whole time and then, yeah, got wheelchaired through, um, wheelchaired through all the airports and customs with, um, with my bikes. So that was another, uh, interesting experience. Um, but then, yeah, when I got home, I, um, yeah, they, they removed the stitches from my knee. And when I say removed, um, they just picked them out with, with tweezers because my knee was still so infected that the, the stitches actually weren't holding anything. So they didn't mm. need to cut the stitches. They just kind of pulled them, pulled them willy nilly out of the meat of my meat of my knee. And then I was, yeah, I was in bed for another three to four weeks before I started, um, before I started re- uh, proper PT and rehab again. So. Yeah. When, when that was going on, were you, um, you know, thinking about racing again or were you like kind of worried about your future as an athlete? Um, yeah, I, I tried to have as positive a mindset as, um, as possible. Like, um, yeah, like I, I had occasional pins and needles, um, yeah, during, during and the, a few hours, like after the, um, after the incident, um, so that's probably the scariest, scariest thing to go through is, um, yeah, um, I've been physically active all my life. So the, the fact that you could lose your, lose your legs is pretty, pretty scary feeling, but, um, yeah, yeah, it was all, yeah. Like one, obviously to get, get back up and moving for my family again, but also to get up and moving for my, um, for myself. So, um, yeah, once I started rehab, um, yeah, they, they kind of gave me average, average time frames, but I was shattering all of those time frames just because I was super motivated. And when a PT gives out a program, they think that someone's going to do it once, maybe twice a week, whereas I was doing it two, three times a day, just trying to strengthen myself back up to get yeah. back as soon as possible. So, um, yeah, so I was you know, obviously super motivated to get out and and moving again so right wow um and then um your weren't your kids really young at that during that time frame yeah so i had uh was it two years ago now so yeah it must have been a one one year old and a three year old so yeah um, that's a lot to handle when you're completely uh, broken like that yeah well i've uh, fortunately enough ever a really supportive wife um, yeah. who was able to look after me while working a full-time job and um, yeah, look after the kids as well. But um, yeah, obviously that's another huge motivation for coming, coming back right as fast as possible. So um, yeah, it was, yeah, it was, it was October, 2021 and I come back racing in July the following year so that's what seven eight nine months later so wow how um 
I mean, how many months was it before you got back on your bike or started running again? Um, well, my, my bike was probably February. So four months after the, the earliest I could get back into something was swimming just because it was non, non weight bearing. Um, right. and I didn't, I didn't have to bend my knee for it. So I would wrap my knee up in glad wrap, um, and so that yeah, my knee didn't get even more infected. Um, and then I was able to able to swim by myself. Um, yeah, probably within three months of the accident. And then uh, the more rehab I did and movement, I got back into my into my knee. I was able to. I I sat my bike. I got a a riser stem for my bike, and I was able to sit on an indoor trainer for um, for. 10 pedal strokes one day and then move it up to 20 and then 30 and then just getting my knee moving again was probably the hardest thing and as long as I wasn't uh yeah bent over too too much it didn't um really affect my my back that much so, yeah yeah wow and then finally you're back racing again <laughs> yeah well yeah so the first race I did after um that spinal fracture was actually US US off-road champs in um, Beaver Creek, which is uh, we, the race starts at about seven and a half thousand feet, um, so it's quite a bit higher altitude than I'm than I'm used to. So I've I've never really competed that well at that um, at that venue, but um, I obviously had a little bit extra motivation, um, yeah, coming back from injury, so. I ended up uh, placing third there um, and being only a few minutes down from from the leader who wow. who, lives, who lives on course. So um, yeah, so I was pretty happy about that that comeback. Yeah, wow. And then um, did you in last year? Did you travel internationally for other events, or did you get back onto your? normal race schedule once you uh, back into it so last year after racing um yeah that right that's my first race in america um i then went over overseas and raced in in europe again uh, germany and czech republic and then uh world champs which was at the at the end of the year and um and placed yeah 13th at world champs last year as well um wow. after after a big comeback season so that's awesome yeah so i was yeah i was, I was pretty happy about that um yeah it's my my best placing at, at world champs so far and um yeah this this year seems to just be going stride for stride um from that so right yeah no that's that's great um i guess what's your plan for the next um year or two for racing are you hoping to move up your ranking and yeah well currently i am uh working a full-time job i've got um yeah two two young kids um yeah while also trying to train train full-time so it, it would be nice if i could compete with the rest of the athletes um yeah that that do this do the sport for a living um but yeah, sometimes it's not as realistic as, as I think. Um, so being competitive and, um, this year would be, 
would be um, fantastic. Uh, this this year they've actually bought out for the first time ever at Xterra um, a world a world cup, which is um, yeah six six races. They take your best four plus world champs. So I'm currently sitting tenth in that that world cup rankings um, after missing out on European champs, which was so I'm a, a race down on on most of the guys that are ahead of me. Um, and I'm hoping to do the last three of that series, uh, which are in August um, later on this year. So Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Cool. Um, are you um, currently working on... Um, any other sponsorship opportunities or what's that look like for you? Cause you mentioned that COVID was kind of rough on sponsorship I mean, yeah. after that. Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of between um, traveling between New Zealand and America at the moment um, due to some family illness. So yeah, getting sponsorship from an American company is obviously um, yeah, quite difficult. Um considering that I'd spend you know, some of the year in New Zealand, as well as getting sponsorship from a New Zealand company, as I sp spend uh, quite a bit of my time also in America. So sponsorship is, is pretty hard um, to come by at the moment. Um, but yeah, and hence the reason I have a, um, a full-time job, but if anyone's listening that would like to donate a few dollars, <laughs> I'd gladly get gladly look after them so and spend them spend them wisely. So right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm hopeful, you know, that your story and also, you know, you're doing really well. Um, your results are just gonna speak for themselves and help you get yeah, out there well and yeah, well, I I think I have a pretty good story. Um, yeah, it's been a been a career of a career of ups and downs, and um, yeah, I think I'm relatively personable as well. I attend local races, um, yeah, support local events as well as competing yeah competitively on an international stage as well. So um, yeah, I I just wish uh, companies saw in me what I see in myself. So <laughs> yeah, I mean. I feel like with sponsorship, it can, you know, it is about finding that right fit with a brand that really sees your potential and, um, you know, they become kind of like family and you can have a more long-term relationship with, with those sponsorships. Yeah. And I tend to, um, yeah, like I was racing in Taiwan earlier this year for Asia Pacific champs. And it was a, a small three-hour extra flight to, to, to go via Hong Kong, where one of my apparel sponsors um, lives. So I messaged, well, I emailed the CEO, um, yeah, three months before and said, hey, look, I'm over in your neck of the woods. Um, would you like me to come visit and do a factory tour and, and come see some of the new apparel that you guys are putting out? And he was... He was delighted that I stepped out of the way and um, yeah, come in to visit and meet him personally after he'd been sponsoring me for the last um, for the last five years. So oh wow, it's stuff like that that um, yeah that I know sponsors appreciate and 
yeah, not a lot of athletes would go out of their way to to make a special um, trip like that. But yeah, it meant a lot to him. It cost me a little bit of money, but um, yeah, it was definitely worth it in the end. Right. Yeah. No, that's great. Um, is there anything else that, um, in terms of like your comeback story that you want to talk about, or you feel like not a lot of people see when, like when you're out racing and you like, think about what you went through and to get where you are, I mean, is there anything else that you feel like people should know about that you had to deal with to like do what you're doing now um yeah well I, yeah I kind of like to leave the past in the past <laughs> <laughs> yeah always always looking forward and um yeah I, I guess my biggest advice from from coming back from something regardless of how big or small it is 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 not looking at um not looking too far ahead of yourself um yeah what's your what's your next step that you've got to make um yeah, to make the next five minutes, to make the next 15 minutes, to make the next 30 minutes better for yourself, um, rather than looking at the one day, the one week, the one year um, kind of milestones. Yeah, I kind of just looked at, yeah, what's the next step I can take that's gonna, yeah, help me be better off in the future. Um, Yeah, it is obviously nice to have a a long-term goal of coming back to racing, but, yeah, to stay in a, in a right mental space. Um, yeah, even, yeah, in the first few days, it was, yeah, getting myself out and up up and out of bed and saying, hey, look, yeah, you've still got your legs, you're still, yeah, you're still able to walk. Um, yeah, not a lot of people can come back like this and still be able to walk. So, um, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's taking the small victories um, that, yeah, help fuel the fire for, for the bigger picture in the in the future so yeah no I think that's that's great and that's um kind of what you know I I feel like helped me too when I was going through my TBI was thinking about those small steps because you can feel like you're in this long tunnel but you your little steps can be big big wins over time and compounding interest in your recovery and getting getting better and better yeah and it's yeah it's not always um steps forward um as well it's sometimes sometimes two steps forward one step back um but yeah like staying staying mentally positive is obviously a a huge um yeah a huge win as well so um yeah I think a lot of things that you do in life are uh yeah mentally um yeah with a, a lot a lot more mental than physically so, sometimes so for sure yeah and you, especially in your your sport you know i'm sure there's so much mental stuff that you can take from this experience and throw it into your competition yeah 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 when you're racing for racing for a position or a, um yeah or a podium or a win it's um yeah, I think I have that mental edge over a few competitors that you can just go a little bit deeper because, yeah, you you make winning more of a, a necessity rather than just a want. Um, yeah. So. Yeah. Wow. Well, Kieran, thank you so much for 
telling your story. And, um, I mean, it's, it's really impressive to see how quickly you came back and now you're consistently performing really, really well in the world circuit. And, um, I know it's going to inspire other, other people out there to, um, dig deep and push through those tough things, those tough moments. Yeah. Well, I, yeah, I hope it does inspire some people. So yeah, I, I appreciate your time as well. So thanks for having me on. Yeah. Well, thanks Karen. And, um, thanks for everybody out there who was listening and, Please, please remember this podcast is just for educational purposes. It's not intended for um, a substitute for a doctor or a professional advice. If you need help, um, be sure to reach out and get help that you need. So thanks again for listening and hope you all have a great day. <laughs>